127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Brian. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in a relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what it do, podcast crew? What it do, brethrens? 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 Are we, are we going back in time now? What? You said brethren. I did say brethren. Bringing out the, uh, the King James brethren. Is it, is it brethren and sisters in the in the in the King James? What are the brothers and sisters? It's just probably just brothers, yeah. Just yeah, brethren. I don't. I haven't read the King Jimmy in a while. Yeah, there's like a few places that I think sisters might be involved, but that obviously was when it was only referring to sisters, because most of the time, like you said, it would have been just brethren yeah. to refer to both brothers and sisters. But <laughs> it would yeah. it be cistern? I don't think cistern. Cistern, right? I believe cistern is what you what a witch cooks stuff in. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a cauldron. Yeah, like cisterns, which you get water out yeah, of. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. That's what it is. Man, brethrens and cisterns. What have you been up to today? Uh, well, I've been researching for yeah. Sunday. So if you're listening um, and you are going to be a part of the Titus class, I've been, Titus that's, what I've class. Been, that's what I've been researching. So I think we literally have a Titus class, though, also. Really? Like in what? the church? Yeah, I think it's the old, there's an older group that's yes. called the Titus class. Oh, I didn't hey, know. Oh, that. Was it actually called that? Yeah. Oh. Well, there was someone going through it. I was researching that. So, looking at historical stuff, looking at just commentaries, looking, reading various textbooks, just uh, what you been reading from? Um, Bible. Yeah. Well, Titus yeah, yeah. first. Uh, there's another book called, um, I think it's called the Letter to Titus. Mm. And so just, just various things. I don't, I don't really know how to describe it other than just researching um what the purpose of the book or the letter i guess yeah is what the you know setting of the letter is all those kinds of things interesting i always i always find it fascinating how people uh research gather information pull it together and then end up with the final product because everyone does it so differently Mm -hmm. you know yeah i i tend to like i've also been doing a lot of uh i I like the greek obviously so i i like not the hebrew well (laughs) titus was written in greek just the greek so I, I like comparing and just kind of, um, I guess you could say word studies just to f- figure out like what the purpose of this word specifically was yep. and just the structure of this word. And so all those kinds of things. It's fun. If you're listening, I will probably be covering just four verses. So I'm taking a page out of John's book. Not a boy. How are you going to cover that in the, the letter of Titus in six weeks? There's like six parts I can break it into. You're going you to try it can go. It can go beyond that. It can go beyond that if you want. Not, not, not four weeks. A, not four verses a week. There will be some that are like six. Just four okay. verses, though. There you go. What about you, man? Today? Yeah. Uh, discipleship this morning. <laughs> With who? Big Will. Mm. He probably don't listen to the podcast because he sits there and talks to me for a while. So what's the need? Um, and then did some work on Sunday night stuff, and then recorded a video. Mm. for the leadership app and then came and sat in the podcast room and did nothing for about 12 minutes. I didn't really meditate. I don't, (laughs) what does that even mean? Um, Pray. I pondered, I pondered some things. I 
I, I, truthfully, I don't think I prayed any. Mm. I might have, but I don't. It wasn't my intentions. Daniel Webb came in and talked to me for a second about something, uh, Bibles or something, and then, uh, then y'all showed up. Then mm. no, we showed up, and then we hit play. Then we hit play. We hit record, and then and then I Zach couldn't didn't hear any sound in my headphones, and the intro was non-existent. We like, yeah. So we actually did hit restart on this one. So only only time really I think we ever done that. It might have been like the second time. Yeah. Because I, I will admit, there's been a couple times when I'm on the board. Oh, or yeah. like I just I gotta restart because I'm, I'm not <laughs> my hands and my mind can't I'm think not that feeling fast. It. Yeah, and so I just can't I can't process it. But I like it. Yeah, here we are. Well, that's the way we is. Take two, <laughs> except take one didn't really exist. It yeah, well, wasn't even a thing. It was just music. We take just practice played the music. Yeah. Well, last week, if you joined us, uh, Ethan Getros was here, and he is not here this week, unfortunately. But uh, we talked briefly, very very briefly, on like the topic. Fifty minutes. Yeah, I mean, we. I feel like we barely scratched the surface. Sure. Uh, of angels, um, and and sort of their purpose, and uh, how we are situated as as humans in relationship with them. Uh, this week, I had even leftover questions from last week that we didn't get to, um, and I posed the question right at the end, uh, talking about the fallen angel, um, which we. I mean, John gave what like a thirty second spiel on, and it's like, well. There's Bye. more to cover there. Yeah. So I guess probably even just reiterate what was said last week. But but what do we know about the fallen angel? What does that even mean? Yeah. Uh, there's a few places in the Bible that talk about the fallen angel or the the Satan or the Satan, right? Satan. You know Santa. Uh, <laughs> which Wait, just means Sa- Santa is Satan. That's not what I said. Um, that was not in his family. You better calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so the the accuser is basically what that means. Uh, and so I think this is from Isaiah 14. And then I think it's Ezekiel 28 um, where we we speculate, I guess, is the, the best way to say this. Scholars speculate that a third of the angels, uh, there's a, a verse in Revelation. I believe it's Revelation 6. Maybe it's Revelation 9 where it's like, saying that a third of the the stars that's supposed to represent angels fell from heaven with Satan, the accuser, uh, because they wanted to be like God. They wanted to be um, worshiped. They wanted to be praised. And so I think John mentioned it last week that they are, um, that Satan now is given dominion over the earth. He's the ruler of the earth, the prince of the power of the air. And so those are some of the, the things that we know. Um, we know from the Bible that they come to, like specifically Satan comes to kill, kill, steal, and destroy. Um, and that just, one always twist my tongue. I can't, I can't say that <laughs> to kill, steal, and, and destroy. destroy. Uh, and so those are just a few things, but I'm yeah. sure John could, could Man, more. the, there's not a clear, well, there's a combined theology. I'll, I'll go that way. There's not a, a ton. Caleb did a good job of just like pointing, like, here's, here's some things. And in revelation, we have to be careful with, um, because your study of it, it John was trying to describe something that he didn't have words for mm. as part of that. And so if you will keep that in your mind, then some he's make he's using words that he had on an earthly sense to describe something heavenly and beyond that that he did a great job of, but you still there's some um some imagery in there that he uses wordplay on that that may or may not. I mean, we trust God to to give us a clear revelation of what that is, but it's a, it's a challenging book, but you can go to, uh, like Jude six, the angels who do not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling. And so, you know, like there are angels that had a spot yeah. and didn't function in that spot. 
And so then we get the connection between Ezekiel and Revelation in a couple of places to be like, well, a third of them were sent um, to be with, he said it, the accuser, the deceiver of the world, the ruler of the world, the God of the age, um, the what, what Matthew 12, Beelzebub, the, the prince of the demons. Um, and so it, it brings about when you read that, when you see Jesus say that in the gospels, then you have to go, uh, okay, um, hold on a second. Yeah. The, the guardian angel thing, man, that that's good news for me. Like, like I love that, that we have angels, not, not just a million that, that worship, but a hundred million that stand before sort of on our side, mm. but then you're going to add this layer. If the numbers that you threw at me last week were a hundred million just before him, yeah. how many are there? And what is a third of them? Yeah. A lot. And, and if, and if they are, if, if he is the prince of the demons and we've, uh, fantasized, maybe romanticized, um, the word demon into something that you think of a scary movie when you say that, um, sure. to a point that it, it's probably something that maybe you walk in fear about, but it is something that is, that is real. Uh, and, and the fact that, uh, second Peter, I don't, I'm not going to know where it's at. But, but God did not, I think it's chapter two, God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell. Mm. Um, and so even then you, you have to go, it, it adds a couple other layers of questions that we could probably get to. Um, but the fact that these angels were judged, these angels did this thing, um, these angels were sent. Um, but what, even the language in second Peter, um, they've got what was coming to them. The battle has already been won. Mm. Uh, according to what Jesus did. And so when we talk about demons, some of you that kind of walk in the fear of that, you also have to remember what has already been accomplished for you. Mm -hmm. um, that you walk in a victory uh, in the, thank you, Danny Onaka and Paulian language that already <laughs> not yet kind of thing, but yeah. but you have that. So um, that that gets you into kind of uh, what are we talking about with demons, where they where they come from? Where do they go? Where do they come from? Where do they, uh, where do they come so from? From heaven, they go to God, hell. Joe. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Mm. I think there's, I don't know. I don't know if there's confusion with this, but what's what's the difference between a demon and the devil when it talks about in scripture? Like, are these of the same thing and the devil is just like the supreme demon? Um, is the demon... Supreme demon. <laughs> or is, is the devil the, the ruler of a dev, of the this devilish army? Don't uh, croc the, name. Um, <laughs> Y'all ready to go see Supreme Demon? Supreme Demon. Um, but I think there's just a lot of confusion about how this devilish demon army is arranged. Are they all equal? Like, what is what does that look like? Because the fallen angel is known as the devil. Yeah. And so is he more sinful quote unquote than these demons. Like what's, what's kind of those relationships? Yeah. I mean, again, that, that's just a hard question to answer. Cause it's not really super clear in scripture. Part of me thinks, and part of me would assume that it's, it's more based on authority structure than like a sin or a wickedness thing. Um, in the sense that when this, when Satan, the accuser, when he fell from heaven, it was because, Again, he uh, wanted to be like God or he wanted the authority of God. And so it makes the most sense in my head, at least, to claim that the reason why um, we, we may have this hierarchical structure of Satan and then just demons is because when the when the demons fell, they um, 
they, I guess, fell in line or they decided to follow instead the Satan, the accuser. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the way that I've, I've always been led to believe that it was just not that, you know, Satan was even more wicked than these demons. Because like John mentioned from Second Peter, they all sinned and were cast into eternal fire. Yep. But it's more in my head that they were following the, the I guess, example of the accuser of Satan. And they rejected God. They wanted his authority. And so I, that's kind of the way that I've understood it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, thankfully all the answers to, to anything for that matter. Um, but there is, when you take the totality of scripture into there and, and just go to Job for, for an example, like why does this fallen angel have an audience with God? Why is he the one that gets to go and mm-hmm. say, Hey, can I? Yeah. Which, which should like pump you up one. <laughs> like, yeah. like this is the play. Like if, if he mm-hmm. wants to go after people, he's got to go get God's permission still. Okay. Child. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> that, that part of it is, it should be encouraging, but, but why does this one have that audience? Why, why is this one get that elevated stature? Why, you yeah. know, was he the stronger non-fat version of Thor, you know, that <laughs> floating around, like what, what's the, whatever thought conjures up in your mind, yeah. of this type of angel. Um, but you still have to push him back. And I think Caleb did this, push him back just into his created space mm-hmm. and go, he was made. And he, he was made for God's good purposes. And if I say that, here's a challenge, and, and I don't want to derail the whole conversation, but because of God's wise and gracious purpose, Satan did what he did. Mm. Uh, like, I can't look at that and go, yeah. God made a mistake. Yeah. That's not a play that anybody's allowed to make. Um, now, when I say that, a, a lot of you just went... Well, that doesn't, that doesn't help me understand anything. It doesn't help me understand anything. Like, like I understand that, but for me to go, why did he fall? Why did others go with him? Because God's good plan. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that sort of feels like a, (laughs) feels like a cop out for me. Um, but, but God's created angels fell so that they would set into motion the redemption of mankind (laughs) in the wisdom of God for all creation. And that makes that plan unsearchable and that makes that plan unfathomable. And that makes that plan not able to be understood by my brain because of the depths of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Hmm. And so I, I have to look at that and go, man, like I wish I could explain this clearly too on a podcast, but I can't. Mm -hmm. Um, But they are a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Segways are really nicely because we see, in the New Testament, demons possessing people that then come to Jesus for healing, for deliverance. Um, and so it, it's kind of a simple question, but how much how much power and what power do demons hold in our lives, whether that's that's Christian or non-Christian? Um, what is their role um, in relationship to us? It's a good question. Uh, while, while John was speaking, I just wanted to, to bring up another interesting point too that I've always just thought about and considered in the sense that we think about angels again, we think about angels and demons, right? We think about um, the fact that there are angels or angelic beings that surround the throne and their their purpose is to worship God, right? They sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And yet there's other angels that their purpose is to protect the earth, right? Like Michael and then Gabriel. And then there's other angels that along, I guess, with Michael and Gabriel that are, that are messenger angels. Mm-hmm. And so that even brings up the interesting thought in my head of it's clear, or at least it seems that there are 
um, angel, angelic beings with different purposes. Yeah. And so that could have been a, um, I guess, a wrench to throw in the discussion with the Satan topic compared to the other angels is it could have been that maybe Satan or the accuser was an angelic being with a higher given purpose. Yeah. Because we would we would be uh, remiss to say that there weren't an- angels with different purposes. Again, some mm-hmm. of them sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and some of them are sent to to protect the earth. Yeah. But as far as what a, you said, what do, what do demons, what do they do? What do they? Yeah, because, I mean, we see in the New Testament, the Gospels, uh, I think more so than anywhere else throughout, the scriptures of, of demons possessing people. Um, and so I think that raises a big question of like, does that still happen today? Um, like, do we see this? Uh, like what power do they have in our lives? Um, are they able to completely derail someone's, uh, that's going to throw a wrench, like salvific, uh, <laughs> I guess just, uh, salvific. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, moment, even sure. though I hate that because they should happen all throughout your life, a renewing sense of, of salvation. But like what, what power do they hold? Uh, within our lives. Uh, let's go to what power they don't hold. Um, James 4, 7, mm-hmm. therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. He will flee. I'm, I, I'm just going to pull it up and see. Um, uh, that word that word's kind of fun. Um, that word means to escape. Um, mm-hmm. And so if, if, you, if you connect that idea, when you submit to God, the first layer then adds on like resist the devil. And and so often I think we want to like figure out how to resist the devil, but not submit to God. Mm. Um, and so that's an important part of this formula. Yep. Um, those of you that are just scared of demons, just run to Jesus that this, the demon thing gets taken care of at that point. Yep. So when you submit to God and, and then are able to resist the devil, he has to escape you mm. um, because of the power that's in you. Like it's just a, in me, it's kind of like, there's a constant reminder of defeat in that. I draw near to God. He draws ears to me and Satan gone. So, so I want to put that on there first, Mm -hmm. um, before we even talk about like what they can or can't do uh, on this planet, because God's they're under God's control and your, your formula for, uh, it's a weird thing for me to say, but, but like your formula to just avoid any type of demon, (laughs) is just like, Hey, submit to God. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. now in saying that, is this a, is this a real thing? Um, do, are they still active today? That might be, cause it's hard to read scripture and be like, these aren't real. I mean, it's kind of fun. I wish I was there. Hopefully there's a big screen, uh, in heaven that functions properly that, that shows like the moment where Jesus goes you into the pigs and the pigs run (laughs) like that part. That would just be a, if you're present during that time Wow. and you can report that this is what happened, that demons were cast out and into an animal. Mm. It doesn't get much more real than that. So it's hard for me to be like, oh, are they real? Yes. Or the stories of Jesus are lies because it happens (laughs) and and more than than your share. And so we know that they're real, but throughout the uh, continuation of the New Testament, it's less. Mm. We, We don't see it as much. Um, the disciples, the apostles at that point are given authority to cast out. It's still a thing. Um, in our modern context, are we seeing it? Um, often in church, there's part of me that, that wants to say, um, yes, but you don't have eyes to see it. Mm -hmm. The other side of that says that I, I think I see, and I hear reports of it more overseas. 
yeah. um, than we do here. And people will often ask me why. Uh, and, and the same way that I would say, and I've, I've seen people and I've seen the miraculous, if you want to put it in that category, miraculous things happen overseas that I've never seen happen here. Mm. Um, and, and I think God is revealing himself in unique ways and places. And he is allowed to do that where he's not in America. And sometimes that makes me sad. I would kind of rather that begin to happen here. Mm. Um, but I, I believe that demons are still active. I believe that people are still demon possessed. Um, I would hate that. I don't see anywhere in scripture that says that it was cut off, that he, yeah. there was an end to that. I just, I know that then he's been defeated. I just, we're not there yet. So, yeah, I, I really think that it's important just to, again, go back to Genesis, right? And so you see in Genesis three fifteen that God will put enmity between you and the woman, right? The, between the serpent and the woman. And I think obviously there's the, the Christological picture in there that in verse 15, he's going to bruise the serpent's head. That's Jesus. But I think even before that, that there's going to be enmity between the serpent or between uh, Satan and the woman. And so there's going to be this oppression yeah. and this um, <clears throat> wickedness that happens from the time of the curse until, what does the verse say? Until he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. But you notice there that... When Jesus, when Jesus comes, he's bruising the head. He's not necessarily um, and crush it. crushing the head yet. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's, that's an important picture that we yeah. see from Genesis all throughout the Bible that demonic oppression, when it started because of the curse, it's going to continue until it's finally crushed at the end of days, like, like we mentioned from Second Peter earlier. And so really, what's the, what's the difference there? Like we said, does, it, does demonic oppression still happen today and does it happen as much? The answer would be yes, because, of course, Satan hasn't been ended yet. His his judgment hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And yet what is allowed to um, maybe diminish or push that back? Well, we see in the Gospels that the kingdom of God, when, when Jesus comes, is what begins to usher in light and usher in the goodness and usher in um, salvation for those people. And so I think um, as far as... Again, why do we not see as much demonic oppression today as we did in, in the Gospels? It's because the kingdom of God has advanced forth. And why do we still see it? It's because the kingdom of God hasn't reached its full yeah. consummation yet. That's Jesus good. hasn't fully come back. Satan hasn't finally been judged. And so because of that, the demons still have some, yeah. I don't like the way I say this, but they still have some power mm-hmm. in a sense over the earth. And yet the, the call still remains the same. Submit to God, submit to his kingdom and the devil will flee from you. Hmm. That's good. I, I think we've pit these two uh, spiritual beings against themselves now, which kind of poses the question of like what what actually is happening in the spiritual realm with with angels and demons. Uh, I think we hear that a lot, that there's a, there's a spiritual warfare outside of what we can see uh, that's happening. Obviously, some people refer to spiritual warfare as us, you know, battling these things spiritually. Uh, but I think even beyond that, there's a spiritual realm that a warfare is happening. And so how would you guys describe uh, this heavenly war uh, that's taking place? Obviously, uh, we've mentioned the way the outcome ends, but what's currently happening within the spiritual realm, angels versus demons? Good question. I'm about to pull up the old, I'm about to pull up the sermon that got me in trouble. Um <laughs> or preaching here. Uh, there, there's a couple of things I was just kind of grabbing. I was looking for verses that, that really clearly speak to, um, to the work of demons. And, and we'll get to that question. Um, mm-hmm. one of those, uh, if you're not memorizing uh, the January proclamation coalition bracelets were, uh, armor of God, 
really good. Um, it's just a good reminder of that. But the beginning of the armor of God verses in verse 12 uh, tells us like why you put on the armor of God for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers mm. um, uh, of, of the darkness against the evil, against spiritual forces in the heavens. And, and so like what, why are we at war against them? Because the demons are trying to um, wage, I was going to get that wrong, wrong. Wage, <laughs> wage war, wage war against your spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. You daily put on the armor of God so that you can continue to take steps to, to reflect the gospel really well. And the enemy or <laughs> demons or whatever want to fight against that. And, and obviously so they want to, they want to fight against that. And so we know, we see Jesus cast out demons from sick people. Um, and so we know that demons cause disease. We see yeah. that demons um, can, can possess animals. Um, and some of you probably know that, like most of the time, I think demons live in cats, but they can <laughs> live in other animals too. Um, I think it's just, you know, that's their common dwelling place is a cat. Um, sure. We know those things. We know that they work against the spiritual growth of um, Christians and then... Um, First Timothy talks about uh, how they spread lies about God. They spread lies about his work um, against God's people. And so if they're doing that, then it pushes you into a place where the good guys, <laughs> yes, uh, whatever we're going to call the, the he, sweet angels. The Houston Astros, the uh, good guys. Uh, <laughs> time out from the game um, <laughs> where they have... Uh, a continual fight um, on their hands. Yeah. This is why they're fighting. I mean, that's the thing it, because you want to go, well, they've been defeated. Like the, the battle's over. What, what's the point mm-hmm. of, of the continual fight? Well, because <laughs> there's still a battle. Yeah. There's still, I mean, Caleb put it perfectly. Actually um, we're in the already, but not yet. The kingdom of God is advanced, but we're not there yet. And so they're going to continue to try to derail all the way up until that point. So there is a war, but what is that? What does that spiritual war in the heavens look like? And I'm going to go pull up this message because there's a, a couple of good points I can make. Caleb's probably ready. He's, I saw him flipping. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think when I, when I think of like, what is the spiritual war between like angels and demons look like? My mind often just goes to, you know, the, the conquest of the land of Canaan, right? For the nation of Israel, because often when you read, you know, the old Testament, you see that the nation of Israel had some victories and they had some losses, right? There were, Moments that when they were obedient to God, they experienced victory and they were able to just basically wipe out this other nation without really a lot of people. And they, like often, even with um, in the book of Joshua, they didn't even have to fight. They just walked around the wall seven times and they were able to defeat their enemies. Yeah. You see in other, other stories where they are literally just holding trumpets and jars and the the, the enemy just basically starts to fight themselves. Great story. By the way. It's a great story. <laughs> and so you see in there that when they were obedient to God, they experienced victory. Whereas when they were disobedient, they experienced, um, loss. And so I think from a human perspective, you look at that and you say, well, Oh, the other nation, they were just stronger in battle that day. And I think the key there for the the spiritual thing that I'm trying to get at is that really when God initiates victory, it's going to happen. And when God promises defeat for his people, it's going to happen. And so I think really in that sense that when the nation of Israel experienced defeat. It was because God allowed the demons to, I guess, work against them on, on their, or against their behalf, I guess is the easiest way to say it. And when God promised victory to them for their obedience, they were going to, the angels were going to have victory. Because again, we, we say this so often, but the demons, they were subject to God's authority. They, they couldn't yeah. do anything without God's permission. 
And so I really, I think that's just an interesting way to look at it. I mean, you see in second Kings, I mean, this one could be, um, could be Jesus, but it could just be another angel. But second Kings 19 verse 35, that night, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. I mean, I could find several other places in the scripture where it just says that, you know, demons tried to incite this person to wage war against God's people. You think about the story in Numbers where Balak, the king of Moab, is trying to um, get Balaam to curse God's people. Of course, we we may not have an exact um, quote that says that demons were trying to do that. But again, I think it's a pretty likely event that demons were trying to get him to curse God's people, mm-hmm. to, to bring down the nation that God had had blessed. Yep. And yet God's word to them, to the angels in that situation is that still they're going to be blessed. And like second Kings right here says the night, that night, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000. It's really not a battle. Yeah. It's really the, a victory for the angels. And when the demons do have victory, it's only because God has allowed that to happen. That could be a rabbit hole within itself. Yeah, I mean that's Daniel. <laughs> it's, da- it's what we talked about in Daniel. the 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 stronger the the archangels show up, um, and basically are waging war over nations that are demon possessed, yeah. and are and are going like, I'm I'm holding back the evil that this empire could bring about, um, and you see that just kind of scattered throughout. You see it in Daniel really clearly, but you can see it all throughout Scripture. Um, that they, we talked about territorial angels uh, last week, that, that hold on to that. I mean, territorial angels are important because a lot of times we think of demons and we put the same characteristics of God on them, that they're all mm-hmm. knowing that they're all present, that they can be anywhere. And so when you say that, like Satan's after me, don't put that characteristic on him and don't, don't yeah. elevate yourself to the point that Satan's only after you. You might have a demon chasing you around. Um, that's fine, but yeah. but they're not everywhere at once. You're not that guy. Yeah, you just, <laughs> he's he's probably, just hold that down. It's like he's probably not that guy. He may send you know like an understudy. <laughs> you might get a demon intern. Yeah. Um, but wormwood or something. <laughs> so, but but that's the uh, the idea or the picture that we get there. Really good, really good start. How far are we on this question? Uh. I mean, not, not, not very. <laughs> I mean, Caleb did a good job, I yeah. think, setting groundwork because I think overall there's, there's just not a lot of knowledge, I think, within our Christian sphere of what's happening outside of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that there's a spiritual battle being, being waged. Sure. So, okay. Uh, um, there, there's a couple different, and I, I don't have all of the, um, places to point people on like really, really great. The, the Bible project did a pretty good job, um, with this. If you want to go track it down and, and I'll, I may have to find it and, and post it somewhere. Um, but, but what we see all throughout the Bible, the biblical authors believe that heaven and earth are parallel realities that are each inhabited by creatures, uh, that have been delegated with God's blessing to rule over Mm. those spaces. Um, and so you, you would, you have to connect the, the word that we use for God in, in the beginning, God, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Um, but then uh, Exodus 12, he goes through and he executes judgment against all of the gods. Mm-hmm. Um, and the word there is Elohim. In Second Chronicles thir- uh, 33, he removes the foreign gods, Elohim, Deuteronomy 32. They sacrifice to demons, not to God. And that word is Eloah, um, uh, or to gods, Elohim, that they had known. And so the, the word Elohim is used 25, 2600 times in the Bible. 
Um, and so when we talk about God being Elohim, that is a right name for God, but it's the name that the Bible uses for all the gods. Hmm. And, and then when you connect that to, um, th this is what God did, uh, in the beginning, uh, God said, uh, verse four of chapter one, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. And, and so when we look at that, some people are just like, that's the sun, you know, like that's, that's Yay. the creative, that's the creative part of the sun. Mm -hmm. But, but the, this is where this gets really challenging and is not taught very well. And it's probably way over my head too. But these lights serve as signs for the seasons, for the days and for the years. And they're going to be the lights in the expanse of the sky that provide the light on the earth is what, what the, what the Bible says. Um, and so God makes those, those two great lights that rule over the day. And then the lesser that rules over the night, as well as all of the stars. And he puts them up there in, into the sky. And so a lot of times we can look at that and God sees that it's good. And you just go, that's matter. It's just material. That's just stuff out there, mm. but it's out there. Um, and then uh, Genesis one twenty six. So in the heavens, these lights rule the day and the night and the order of time. And so you, you get that and, and God's like, I'm making man in my image there. The man's going to rule over everything else. So we, we have that play out. Um, and on the earth, what's the man's role and responsibility to multiply. Yeah. And to, to name the animals to human, fill humans are created do. in God's image. They rule the land and the creatures of the air be fruitful and multiply mm. that carries through there. And then Genesis two starts with, so the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. And so you have the hosts of the heaven and the host of the land made. Mm -hmm. And when we think of the host of the heaven, we often go sun and moon and stars, but you don't go <clears throat> angels. Yeah. yeah. But you can look around on the earth and you know, because of scripture that we are the host of the earth. Yeah. And if, if God has created angels to rule that space, that realm, um, and there are fallen ones that are, that are there, then we have within the heavenly realm, you have God's team, which was all God's team. Originally, they were created by God for God with delegated responsibility and authority from God to do some things and a space to operate in, mm. in doing those things. Um, and they're named, which is also a pretty wild thing. That's I mean, he, cool. he, you know, he knows the number of the sand, he knows the, the number of the hair and he's named the stars. Yeah. Why? Because he can. <laughs> I love it. Like, because he can. Yeah. Was he bored? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and NASA is going to continue to do this and other, like, look at these pictures. Look at these billions upon billions upon billions of stars. Mm -hmm. um, and so if, if we believe that God has named them and you connect what was happening in Genesis 1 with the rest of, of, the, of Scripture, those heavenly hosts are a reflection and or could be Elohim. They're just gods up there and they're waging war and they have names. God didn't name the sand and God didn't name my True. hair. <laughs> John's hair. Yeah. He's like, Hey, John, you lost Fred. Um, <laughs> he didn't do that, but he, he puts name to the stars and gives them authority to rule mm. over everything. And so uh, Psalm 89 uh, five and eight, let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones for who in the skies can be compared to the Lord. Who, who else is in the skies? 
there weren't flying people at this <laughs> point. There, there wasn't like Delta up there. <laughs> yeah, uh, could and, be. And so then you go, okay, well, now I'm understanding who in this guy's who yeah. among the heavenly beings is like the Lord. So then you begin to understand like, okay, if, if stars are angels, now we're understanding like that they're out there. Um, a God greatly to be feared in the council of the holy ones and awesome above all who are around him, the Lord God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, who is as mighty as you are, Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. And so you look at that language and you can go, I'm not going to read all of these verses, but it's Psalm 29, it's Job 1, it's Job 38, it's 1 Kings 22, it's Jeremiah 23, uh, Job 15, Psalm 82, that talk about these heavenly lights Hmm. as being Elohim. Um, Now, I'm not saying that one day we're not going to, you know, figure out how to get to the sun, you're crash into it, and it's going to be a big rock. <laughs> um, but, but what we see, uh, don't, don't so rigidly connect science and the Bible to be like, the stars are stars, like yeah. you're losing your mind, because that's what I got back. Um, because mm-hmm. in Bible times, they weren't sitting there with a mega telescope and going, billions, you know, they didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. They had what they could see. And what the Holy Spirit was speaking through them to go out there and a theology that God was teaching as they were doing that to understand that there is something out there. And if you look and you see it, understand that there is something out there Mm. in that realm that rules that realm that you will never understand. Um, And so so there is a cosmic battle that's taking place. And if you would grasp a hold of that that concept and connect it to places where you see evil really clearly betrayed in Scripture, um, portrayed in Scripture, like in Daniel, to understand that angels are fighting a battle that you can't see, holding back evil and allowing evil in ways to direct the glory of God. He raises up and tears down kings and kingdoms for his glory, um, that that battle is taking place. There's part of that where you go open the veil, like, yeah. but, but don't, <laughs> you don't, you probably don't want to see that. Yeah. Um, but to understand that, that our, our minuteness, our puniness, our littleness in the story is multiplied when you get a larger biblical worldview yeah. into some things that are really, really challenging. Uh, Cause I'm not, I, I read this stuff to you and some of you just went, I'm, I'm done. Like what you just said, <laughs> out five yeah, minutes ago. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, because this, like this story continues and, and this might be a part three, um, for us because throughout Deuteronomy, it talks about God and his, his allotted care over kingdoms. Um, and then you go, uh, to the other side, to Matthew chapter four and where Satan is like, Hey, Jesus, come up here. It's like mm-hmm. the devil took him up to a very high mountain and goes, Hey, I'll give you all of this. And so he has that, yeah. like, like it's the connection across all of those is wild, but there is a battle mm-hmm. and it's a continual battle until the end that is taking place in a way that you sort of have an understanding of, but not really, but have to understand that it's real. Mm-hmm. That's good. That was really good. I guess there's just one last question before, uh, we step away, step away. Sounded like we're going to have a break and come back, oh, which might probably happen next happen. week. It's 40 minutes right now. Um, but with this idea of, of spiritual war that's happening, how does this give us hope? Um, uh, as we like continue to wrestle with these ideas of there's angels and demons fighting, uh, and a thing that I can't even see. Um, and sometimes get a, get a picture of when you, um, see the Lord working in some really cool ways. Like how does, the fact you can look into eternity that the angels win. And at the end of the day, ultimately God wins at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, Like how does that give us hope in the midst of this, of the state that we live in right now, this already, but not yet. Um, Just the truth of, of the things that we talked about, like how does that give us hope? 
Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think, at least in me, it, it creates a lot of hope when, again, I, when I think about, again, a, a Genesis 3.15 again, where I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And then we go all the way to the end, we went from the beginning to the end, where in Revelation 20, I believe, um, I can turn there. He's got it. Yeah. Revelation 20. Uh, and when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. To battle, Their na- number is like the n- sand of the sea. And they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And so you see in that, like we were talking about spiritual battles, where it seems like, again, we it's so hard for us to get out of our mind that it's angels and demons and they're on the same level. And yet you see in that defeat that literally they march out to battle and fire comes down from heaven and consumes them. Yeah, There wasn't any um, sword fighting. There wasn't any really battle that took place. It was literally just that they came and marched against God's people and fire consumed them. And so really my, my encouragement in that is just remember that it's really not a battle that mm-hmm. you have to fight. Yeah. It's, it's really not. It's really a battle that God, like we've already mentioned, that God already won for you and that God will win for you on the last day when Satan will be destroyed and tormented forever. Yeah. There is an end date to our, our suffering. There's an end date to our uh, struggle. I mean, so I think even just in, and that, when, when you're worried about, oh, well, I can't seem to overcome this temptation, right? We often associate temptation with demonic activity. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't overcome this sin. You know, I, I've been trying to reach this person, and it seems for so long that, that their eyes are blinded by um, the enemy. And I, I, I can't seem to get past it, or they can't seem to get past it. And yet the hope and the call is that at the end of time, Satan's work will be finished and destroyed and separated from, from us forever. Love that. Uh, that's that's it. I mean, I, I like to go. Let's let's bring let's bring the Old Testament into this. Um, g- go back and look at your Daniel notes if you want to listen to those messages. I'm not necessarily encouraging that, but go for it. But but what what God does, and I, I, I mentioned this a little bit. What God does in Daniel 32, or what's mentioned, sorry, in Deuteronomy 32, Daniel 32. I'm glad there's not that many. Um, <laughs> Trying to catch that for a second. I was like, what he does in Deuteronomy 32 is he says, the most high gives their nations, their inheritance. That's when he divided mankind. He fixed the borders of the people according to the number of the sons of God. It's a weird verse, but he, yeah. he, he fixes their border according to the angels. Um, which is a cool thing. Like yeah. it's not just because of the number of people running there. The, the Lord's portion and division is based off of the angels. And so so we have a scattering of people sitting under a protection or a border of angels that carries us all throughout um, the Old Testament. And it goes, it's mentioned in Psalm 89. It's really clearly outlined in Daniel chapter 10, um, where where we see um, the the evil or the fallout that's caused by evil nations that echoes all the way into the New Testament. And then you get to the New Testament and, you know, Satan takes Jesus up and it's like, hey, uh, worship me. And he's like, nope, I'm not going to. And so then then Jesus or Satan flees and then the angels come and care for Jesus, which is a sweet passage. Often we just throw aside. We're like, hey, he's been fasting for 40 days. What happens? The angels come and minister to him, Mm. which we talked about last week is one of their one of their rules. 
Um, <clears throat> and then in Luke chapter 22, Jesus in his conversation, this connects to what Caleb was talking about. Jesus says to the chief priests, to the temple police, to the elders who had come for him, have you come out with swords and clubs as if I was a criminal? Every day I was with you in the temple. You never laid a hand on me, but this is your hour and the dominion of darkness. Mm. And he's like, you're coming to do this, but the evil that started spreading, echoing from Babylon is, has corrupted all the human kingdoms and you're in it right now. And then you, you connect that to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, the apostles, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not a, a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Such a cool, like mm. the rulers of the age, which we're going to say are the, the evil aspect of the, Elo, of the Elohim. They're coming to nothing. On the contrary, we speak of God's hidden wisdom in a mystery, a wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age knew that wisdom because if they had known it, they wouldn't have crucified him. Mm. Uh, so it's strong. And he's going, even those demons didn't understand or know the plan because if they would have known it, yeah. this is not how it would have played out. Yeah. And so Paul fuses the spiritual and the human power struggle of, of like grabbing the evilness of nations together in their guilt and in their accountability for the death of Jesus. And he's going, it's you human institutions fueled by or influenced by um, the evil forces that led us to the crucifixion of Jesus. But that's the ultimate plan of God. And yeah. so, and so like you can, you can put the fault on the rulers of the age who didn't know the plan, mm. but it was still part of God's plan. And in that, then it takes us to the end, which you could jump to revelation to do that. But Colossians two fifteen, I just like to memorize that poem in Colossians two and having defeated the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them at the cross. Mm. And so he just brings about those evil powers and authorities and puts them publicly on display for the rest of the cosmos, I want to go that way to see and go, they have been shamed. Mm. Um, and in that, then you go, now I can run. Yep. Like when my enemy has been shamed, here we go. Uh, and, yeah. and, and of course that connects you to Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me. I've taken it back. I've the keys to death and Hades are mine. Um, and so now you can run. Is yeah. it still difficult? Is it still dark? Do you, are you going to face, um, situations and trials and difficulty? Sure. Because they're still scrapping. Mm-hmm. They don't think it's over, but I have the authority. Just run. Um, and that's where we get that commission. And so that, that would be our charge. As you begin to kind of understand or wrestle with this, or maybe it's been something you've been questioning for a long time, it, the battle's over. Yeah. yeah. Um, you get to run in that authority because Jesus has it. We have a redemption. Um, now we're just waiting for the end. That's good. I love that. Hey, well, thanks, for, <clears throat> thanks for listening, friends. Uh, we'll probably be back for, for a week three, jumping yeah. probably further into... Uh, Guardian angels, who knows? Who knows? I still have a ton of questions that we didn't get to. So we'll probably be back next week. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you guys this weekend. And around the corner, Super Bowl coming up. Super Bowl! Wonder who's going to win. Super Bowl, yeah, Super Bowl, yeah. Golly. Boy! It's going to be Baltimore and the Niners.